New Thought Media Network. We are a global broadcast network of positive music, media, and entertainment. Inspiring humanity's evolution along the journey of enlightenment and creating a world of love, peace, empowerment, and prosperity for all. New Thought Media Network. Positively inspiring. And hello again, dear ones. Reverend Robert with you over here. Rev Z right here. And who is that? It looks like Tracy Brown. (laughs) (laughs) It is the the honorable and highly esteemed Dr. Tracy Brown, to be precise. Thank you for being with us here this morning, folks. This is New Thought Media Network. We do this every Friday morning at 7 a.m. And today is our very, very special guest, Dr. Tracy Brown. Uh, And uh, Tracy, thanks for getting up early for us this morning. Yeah, anybody who knows me knows this is way too early for Tracy Brown, but I'm here. I'm awake <laughs> and I'm ready. And uh, and today is ministers talking shit, nice. so you uh, we honor we we confirm upon you an honorary something or other to go with your doctorate and uh, and uh, welcome to the show. So, uh, folks, if this is your first time with us. Uh, this is how it normally goes. We don't really, uh, we plan this show a little bit, but we do it for about the 25 minutes prior and we get in a room and we start talking about what's going on in the world, what uh, what's up in our hearts, what's up in our minds, what's finding its way into our world, because we know, one, that's part of the place where I'm being called to do some prayer work. And if it's getting into our worlds, it's getting into your world and there's a good chance you might want to have a little bit more of a spiritual perspective on it all. So uh, that's part of where we're going today. If you'd like to chat along, please uh, let us know that and uh, feel free to chat in the chat box as we go. If you'd like to uh, have a topic you'd like us to cover, you're always welcome to email us, ministertalk at ntmedia.org. Okay. Um, I'm glad you're both with me, with us today, because as Tracy and I were talking about prior, I'm at a personal, I'm at a place of personal and a moral and and professional dilemma. And wouldn't you know, it's all because of Dave Chappelle. So folks, if you don't know Dave Chappelle, he's a comedian. Uh, See, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say it this way. He happens to be black. Uh, He's a comedian and he's black and he's being, uh, there's some pushback on a talk that he gave at uh, Saturday Night Live last Saturday night, and it's not the talk. It's not the 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 bit he was, uh, I guess, supposed to do. So he went a little off reservation, as it as it were. Oh, there's another trope. I just I apologize. Uh, he went beyond the lines a little bit on Saturday night, 
and <laughs> said a few things that have really upset a few people. So, um, Tracy, why don't you fill us in a little bit? <laughs> so I love uh, this summary from uh, uh, one of the internet sites. Dave Chappelle's comments about the Jewish community during his Saturday Night Live monologue are being criticized as anti-Semitic. And of course, the news source has reached out to Chappelle and to NBC for comment. And at that time, that hadn't happened. So what, um, what basically happened is in his monologue, he made references to people who have been in the news for being anti-Semitic and their comments, um, Kanye and Kylie Irving, and that this has, you know, been a big thing. And he talked about, you know, how folks are being um, criticized or labeled or punished and uh, then went on to give his own examples of, you know, this is really a touchy subject. So there has been a lot of response, a lot of response, apparently, um, <laughs> to whether what he said was anti-Semitic or not, whether what he said was a, a, just a description of uh, what's going on in our world. And more than anything, if you scan the headlines, what you'll see is people being concerned that we can't talk the polarization, that we can't talk about anything without it being labeled or without you or me being labeled as anti-something. It's anti-Black or anti-Semitic or anti-LGBTQ. And so for me, the, you know, we can, let's talk about Dave Chappelle and what he said. And also let's talk about in our own lives, how do we talk about stuff like this when it's in the news? Right, exactly. Z, I see the smile well, and I hear the laugh. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say this, and, and now this this was said to me, well, how long ago? Uh, wow, this was said to me 22 years ago, right? Roughly around this same time, I, was, I had just moved to Australia, and uh, the, 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 it came out in a conversation where I'm, I'm a Southern boy, I'm, you know, we say good morning. You, you know, your parents tell you, you say good morning to somebody. If you see them five times, you say good morning. Uh, that's just, you know, that's just what we do. That's how we show respect, whatever, right? So I'm in Australia, uh, and I'm saying good morning to everybody, and ain't nobody blinking an eye at me. Nobody's looking at me. And I'm thinking that they're racist and this, that, and the other. And then once I got to know some people there became really good friends. I asked them, I said, you know, I thought you guys were the rudest people, the most obnoxious people <laughs> I have ever met. And he said, yeah, well, you know, that's that, that's that, that's that United States political correct stuff. If I don't feel like talking to you, I'm not talking to you. If I feel like I have something to say to you, I'm going to say to you, it's not going to be malicious. It's just what is. He says, you guys try to be too politically correct, and it is going to bite you. And it has now gotten to the point to where 
it has bitten us. Now, this may not be specifically a PC, a politically correct kind of uh, thing. It is in a way, but what it does speak to, as Tracy was saying, we have boxed ourselves into a corner where we can't even find solutions because we can't even talk about the problem, talk about the issue, or talk about the misunderstanding. And until we can fix that, and everybody, you know, of course, we got to be respectful. But if I see somebody that has long hair, I need to be able to say, wow, that guy got long hair. That girl has long hair. And not feel like I'm going to be crucified for it. And that, and forget. Now, we just talk about hair. If I start talking about uh, political ideas or, or, or you know, uh, sexual preferences or culture or, or ethnicity, we don't really gone down a path. So it's, we, we've painted ourselves into a slippery slope. I would say, dude. Talking about black woman's hair, talking about hair with a black woman on the show, you're on a slippery slope, right? See, but that's part of it, right, folks? Like, I can get called out for that joke. We yes. all recognize the joke. We all recognize the moment, and we're friends. And I guess, in some ways, I'm with you two. I'm trustworthy. You know me enough that you wouldn't find that offensive. Now, perhaps on another show, you might find that offensive, depending on the delivery, depending on the the environment we're in and, and who we are with. Um, so is, there's a difference between like getting called out and getting canceled. Yeah. Yes. Right. So mm. I may call you out in a way to educate you and to help you be more effective in the future. So I'm gonna call that out. Like this really is inappropriate. Or I may call you out to generate a conversation where we can learn from each other. But this whole idea of cancel, punish, it's so punitive. It's not educational. It's not informative. It's not about expanding awareness or relationship. Mm -hmm. I've got to cancel you, everything that's important to you. I've got to make you look bad. It's punitive. It's I'm going to eliminate you from the universe <laughs> that it's it's contracting the world if you don't agree with me or yeah okay i'll stop <laughs> and there's another great video out there folks with uh john stewart comedian and um um Oh man, I just lost it. Uh, the Late Show. Stephen Colbert. Thank you, thank you. Yes, with another comedian, Stephen Colbert, and they have a great conversation around this topic. And that's part of what John is saying is the punishment. Punishment's not going to work. Just, just canceling somebody, just saying you were a bad boy and you're suspended and you got to go sit in the corner and stare at the walls and not play basketball for a week and not make any money for a week, punishment's not going to change minds. Punishment is, is not going to, Kylie Irving is a grown man. 
If he wants to play basketball next week, he's going to play basketball. He's just not going to play on TV with his team. But he's a grown man. Telling him he's wrong and putting him in the corner for a week is not going to solve it. It's not going to change his mind or change his beliefs in any way. We know how to change beliefs, right, folks? Get in a conversation. Let's have a, let's talk about this. Let's help not let's help him see that what he his words cause pain. No, I just had this this thought that I'm not sure I've ever had before because some of some of the response and reaction that has come to my attention over the last three to five years. And of course, this topic right here on comments that are anti-Semitic is so big right now. And But I've heard people say, you know, well, we're just like taking the quote unquote civil rights movement from the 60s to the next level. Well, this is always what has been. And it dawned on me that no, in the civil rights movement of the 60s, in the in the movement toward equality, black folks were not saying like get rid of white folks. They were saying this behavior is wrong. And the focus really was on the kind of society we want to move toward. Very much in alignment with what we actually teach in Science of Mind, right? Focus on where you're going and what actions need to be taken in order to manifest that. There wasn't a lot of focus um, on you know, punishing all the people who you needed to work with. And so it's like, no, it's not the same. This is very different. And it's much more in alignment with white supremacy and the white power movement, the systematization of a hierarchy and the exclusion of anyone who doesn't fit that hierarchy, like the way I see it or my group. And I don't think I've ever like actually slowed down enough to make that connection. And you know, I mean, when you start talking about punitive damages to a black community, you better be walking on a razor blade. I know that you walking on a razor blade because we have countless cases of people wrongly accused, over accused, uh, and punished by death. I mean, I, I went to see Teal uh, recently. Uh, here's a 14-year-old young man who was killed for whistling, right? From Chicago, where the racial uh, things were not the same as they were in Mississippi. And that's just one case of a 14-year-old boy. Now, of course, Dave Chappelle making statements and, and a young boy whistling, you might say they're different things. However, the construct of it is the same. It is that, uh, as, as, as Doc was saying, if you do not walk the line the way I want you to or I tell you to, I will cancel you, whether that's sit you in the corner or take your life. Uh, right now, we see countless number of young 
no longer young black men, but black men who were put away at 16 and 17, and now they're getting out of prison at 40, their whole life has been sequestered for nothing. Or, 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 or they just let one guy out. Uh, he went in for, he was 16 for armed robbery. He, they gave him 214 years. Now the judge, the judge uh, who happened to be a black judge, saw the error of her ways following a system that was handed down to her and fought tooth and nail to get him out and was the first person standing at the door to make her amends. But it just shows you the insidiousness of the system that it has allowed black people to turn on black people unjustly. So, I mean, we, we have to get to a point where we can have conversation. And of course, they're going to be heated. There's no way for you to talk to me about black-white relationships when I personally, with my own eyes, saw boys, 12, 13-year-old, call my father, who was born in 1906, boy. I saw this with my own eyes. Ain't nobody told me this, right? So it's hard to reconcile those kinds of things when we when we really want to look at how do we solve a problem. And that's where we are. And it's not just in comedy, it's everywhere. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm really struck that Dave Chappelle, in some ways, it you can look at this from a perspective that he went and fell on the sword. Mm-hmm. That he went because he walks right out and he says, When I first got to Hollywood, I was told I I learned, I was taught. He might even have said I was taught. I don't remember. But his point was when he got to Hollywood, it was made clear to him, you don't talk about the Jews. There are two words you never say back to back in Hollywood, and that's the Jews. And then he very clearly made it a point through the rest of his monologue to put those two words together. So there's no question he was very aware, I believe, of what he was doing. Yeah, and, I, well, he's so he is he has proven himself right as a comedic genius over the over his career. So there would be nothing that could make me believe it was accidental or coincidental that it had to be very conscious. And, and, and while I don't appreciate or approve of anti-Semitism, I'm, I can talk about this conversation and his monologue in the context of you know are we our comedians are we rely on them actually to bring up the issues of the day our comedians our musicians our writers our poets our spoken word artists the artists are the ones who usher in the opportunity to face of what we experience every day mm-hmm. and so was were some of his jokes and comments anti-semitic you know i would go talk to people who are jewish and ask them mm-hmm. did you find that anti-semitic and was it personal and are you concerned about the fact that dave chappelle said it or 
are you concerned that he said it because of this growing rhythm, this growing tide of people promoting things? So is it Dave Chappelle or is it the issue that he is an artist is bringing up that we need to be talking about? And I think to a certain degree, the conversations about Kanye, the conversations about Kylie, and now the conversations about Dave Chappelle are distractions from having a true conversation about anti-Semitism and what it means and why it's harmful. Right. And it's not lost on me that in recent years, it's when Black people are saying things that are considered anti-Semitic, that they are being held in the spotlight mm. in a different way. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> as quiet as it kept, Black people have always been held in low esteem um, in this country and in other parts of the world. Uh, we were looked at as chattel, right? And when that became out of vogue, it moved to another kind of, presentation if you will now i mean you know if we look at if we look at the freedom riders right now just take it to another level we look at the freedom riders that were killed of the one black man there were there two of the other ones that were killed were jews they were fighting together side by side not about blackness or jewishness or whiteness they were fighting for a principle of freedom not and about. to give everybody the opportunity to make their own choices, to make their own way. And somehow, because, you know, as, as, as the prophetic words of Jesus says, he who is without sin cast the first stone, right? Now, some people might not like me going there, but I went there. Because <laughs> we all have things, said things, done things that we may not be proud of. But 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 if you understand life and, and 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 the wholeness of it, this is how we grow. I learned not to put my hand in the fire if I'm not careful by putting my hand in the fire or touching the hot stove. And so I think you know we have to begin to have honest conversation. And if we need to have them in a closed room with the mics off, and then we come out and state what we talked about, that's fine too. But we got to have the conversation. We cannot have them. And just one last thing, when, you know, look at all, when, when, when the, the whole idea of 1619 came up with the critical race theory and that whole piece came out, it was poo-pooed as something that was just crazy and lambastic and just, we don't even want to talk about it. We're going to attack it. However, if you do your homework, you see that it is exactly what, what happened the way human trafficking of people to work and be like I'm, I'm a i'm a amateur genealogy as you know when i get back to the early 1800s and i can go on my white side of my family haha if you can't remember i think that's why i'm here i can go all the way back to 1695 documented when i go on my black side when i get to 1850 I got to try to figure out by a number, no, not even a name, just a number of sex and an age. 
Go figure. So, yeah. So, um, you know, for me, it's like we can have this conversation and we could do this, you know, we could spend an hour and a half, two hours talking about this and going into, I love that you, you know, brought the scripture in and we could look at, you know, science mind principles. We could look at what the Quran says about, you know, people from all different parts of the world coming together. Why are we not having these conversations in our spiritual communities, ministers? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. I, is, that my, is that my cue to duck? What is that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you're right, Tracy. You're right. I mean, part you're of more than minister, right. Yeah, part of being a minister, part of being a leader uh, in any fashion is part of the mantle that comes with that is asking and dealing with the tough questions or tough issues, right? And so we have to begin to have these roundtables again. We used to have those kind of roundtables. When, 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 when the whole idea, well, in, in, in the Muslim community, when, 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 when the whole idea of interfaith first started back in the, uh, I'd say, early to mid seventies. Now, some of it was divisive, but there were dialogues between uh, interfaiths that tried to get to solutions, or at least uncover all of the material that needed to be considered when we got ready to make a solution. Some of it was definitely divisive, right? Some of it was set up, right? But but the conversation started and from there it moved to more civil ideas, right? Because everybody was talking from their point of view and everybody is personal and passionate about what they believe. And if you're open, you find out, oh, I was right here, but I was absolutely 100,000% wrong over here. I have to adjust my perspective. I have to adjust my attitude. I have to adjust my behavior because I'm operating on a false premise. So the first thing we need to do in any situation, and that's one thing that Dr. Holmes, you, we are scientists. Go do your homework. Go get in your laboratory. Take your notes so that when you come to the, to, to, to the presentation to present your idea, you can present it fairly. I can present the right, I can present the left, I can present the center, and the truth is clear from error. That's what it says. I think it comes down to the fact that we're white. <laughs> New thought as a philosophy. And we've used this as I've used this as a badge of honor, a badge uh, that new thought is considered one of the holy American religions, if you will, or is considered a very American philosophy, however we want to look at it. And we don't trace you know, people here in the U.S. 
the only the only person beyond the U.S. borders that New Thought talks about in its history is Thomas Troward. Other than that, we stop in Boston with Horatio Dresser and Mary Baker Eddy. And everybody is white. We are... Oh, thank you, God. <laughs> I'm like, bring it. I'm like, wow, I really struck a chord here today, huh? Uh, <laughs> we, and we haven't outgrown that. And we live in a philosophy that says it's all good and everybody's right. And, but we don't truly fully live that when it comes to our brothers and sisters of color of, that are other than white. That, and, and, and honestly, there are small pockets within New Thought that, that seem to be, um, that are making effort, that are having these conversations. And my full belief is the reason we don't have the conversations is because we don't want to make white people uncomfortable. And we don't want to make white people uncomfortable because that's who pays the bills in this instance, in this, in this movement. And, and I think there, there's a freedom that comes from other in other denominations when they're being subsidized by a, a, a larger entity or a more collective donation pool that will allow some other denominations to have these conversations more fully, to be more vocal. Um, Tracy and, and I have talked about this numerous times. David Alexander, now see, you speak of an angel, someone that's doing what they can and doing the work and making effort and moving forward in, the, in having these conversations. David, I, I honor you because I don't ever hear you say you're right. I hear you offer, invite us in more deeply. And I want to see more New Thought leaders doing that more deeply. And what I really want to see is I really want to see white New Thought leaders entrusting our New Thought leaders of color to be the ones to lead that, not to teach it, not to, not to, to have to teach us what we don't know, but to help us embody what we do inherently know. I don't know that I have anything to add to that. <laughs> well, I do, but not in the context of the time frame that we have. <laughs> <laughs> well, we always have time to run over, so uh, don't worry. <laughs> oh, God. You know, the comment, the, the point you make about being fearful and especially as it relates to we have donors and donors are white and that's where i'm you know i have not only in my own spiritual communities that i have participated in over the last 25 years but also in talking to others um who are in urban areas now this may not apply to places where there are not a lot of people of color black and brown people but uh, you know a lot of people i've talked to the reason that you know the, the money is there people come and visit the community or they come and they come you know once a month or once a quarter two or three times 
and don't make our spiritual communities their home because because they don't feel seen or valued or respected because i i personally know in dallas in the three spiritual communities that i'm thinking of right now people who've told me i don't know how you stay or what made you stay or i came oh yeah i went there about you know for about six months off and on but it just didn't and these are people who either are business owners or people who earn multiple six-figure incomes who I know professionally or socially. And they're like, yeah. So they would be present. They would be writing checks, making donations. But we don't see that, right? We don't see it. We think, oh, people should be just like us, which is predominantly white in most of our communities so it is an issue that you know brzezinski you you have to be the one like you and people like you it's it's white people who have to say this isn't acceptable and we are willing to have the hard conversations I want, to, uh, I want to bring Dr. David back in for a second. In the hands of white leadership, we have taught a theology of privilege, but in the places where leaderships were or are people of color, it's been taught as a liberation theology. Same principles, but very different orientation. Um, and, uh, and, and yet we've seen that play out in New Thought. However, now we're aware. Now we, we, we have awakened, right? we can do differently moving forward um and and that's how we approach things we set a new cause into motion into action and we can set a new cause so so we can see what happens with dave Chappelle, right or kylie irving or kanye and we can look beyond the personality and say, what is the principle here that we are seeking to discuss, teach, practice, express? And if we can break ourselves of this disease of focusing on the personality, it would show up in uh, our ministries, it would show up in our leadership, it would show up in our interpersonal relationships and we actually could be creating heaven on earth and and you know you remind me along with that conversation and that statement that that uh, david made there i remember being in the audience uh with the great dr james cohen who was who was who is almost the, the single-handed proponent of, of, of espousing the idea of liberation theology. This was at the Schomburg Library in Harlem. And someone in the audience, he was given a, a, a presentation on Malcolm and Martin. Uh, and and he, was, he was really honing in on some of Malcolm's t- theology and teaching. And, and, a, and a person in the audience asked him a question and said, well, Says uh, Dr. Cohen, looks like you you favor uh, Malcolm more. I don't even know if you're a real minister. Uh, and and I can't remember verbatim, but uh, 
he said, well, I think I'm a minister. My daddy was a minister. My grandfather was a minister. I was raised to be a minister. I've graduated theology school. He says, but truth is truth. When I look at the ideas of Martin and Malcolm, there were two sides of a coin. And that if you favor either side, you're going to be missing out on something. You're not going to be able to come with a whole you're not going to be able to first state the whole problem and you definitely won't be able to come up with the whole solution and so his from what i understood from him and i, I saw him several times in Harlem, his idea of liberation theology was how do we use the spiritual context to create freedom mind body and soul and that means you have to put some work in you you, you it's it, it's not about hallelujah all the time sometimes i gotta i gotta do some different things and that's where we are again. We've come full circle. How many times have we heard today that the 60s and the 70s are back upon us now? Well, that whole thing is back. We need, it's the next evolution of life that we're in on this cycle. And now we got to work. And so we can either talk or we can work. If we just talk, we're going to have all these. We'll be talking about this again in another nine months. But if we work, we can lessen that. We can, we, we may be able to extend, extend it from nine months to two years. Yes. Folks, if you wonder what you stumbled into, this is Ministers Talking Shit, and it happens Friday mornings at 7 o'clock. Uh, those ministers that are watching, Rev. Savvy, Rev. David, Rev. Dr. David, Reverend Kathy, I see you, even if you're not chiming in. Uh, let's get you on the show. Let, get with us, and uh, let's get you started on the show here. We'll have you come in and, uh, and share with us as well. We're going to wrap up here for today, but before we do, we're going to have final thoughts. And before we do our final thoughts, we're going to say thank you to a few people that make this whole network possible. Please stay with us. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in 30 seconds with final thoughts here on Ministers Talking Shit. On behalf of everyone at New Thought Media Network, thank you for being a member of our virtual family. Your financial contributions help share the New Thought message with people from around the world. Please visit and contribute at www.ntmedia.org forward slash donate. New Thought Media Network, come be you. And please like, share, and subscribe. Until next time, peace and blessings. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone that makes this network possible. Um, you know, we're running late already today, so we're just going to keep running a little bit later because I cannot leave this comment sitting in there without, uh, because I'm like, yeah, hey, boy. Uh, we have to start teaching in ministerial school a more prophetic, justice-oriented teaching until the leaders are Im immersed in that, we won't get a different outcome collectively. Um, as the New Thought philosophy, absolutely agree with you, Dr. David. Um, if folks, if you don't know what prophetic New Thought is, we'll do a quick Google search, and uh, and I'm going to reach out to Dr. David later, right after this, and uh, see if we can get him scheduled to come on the show and join us and share a little bit more about prophetic New Thought. Uh, mm -hmm. and is uh, also let's all start reading James Cone in school. You don't get out until you get in. Yeah, he was a powerful man. Yes. All right, folks, before we do go today, obviously, we don't pretend we have all the answers, but we do pretend there's a way to come to know those answers. 
Well, we don't pretend. We know there is a way to come to those answers. Uh, and part of what we're doing here is part of that. So please stay in touch with New Thought Media Network as we go throughout our day. All kinds of great programming here today. Uh, however, let's do some final thoughts. Rev Z, you're up. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I just saw a, 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 a statement by Dr. David about the, the great Reverend Ike being being uh, installed in, uh, in the Smithsonian there. And you know, one thing that Reverend Ike would always say, nothing from nothing leaves nothing. Or maybe that was James Shuler, but I, I, maybe a bunch of people said it. But his whole thing was, you got to be in it to win it, right? If we summarize. And so I'm going to take that line from the good Reverend Ike in that you have to be in it. Nothing from nothing leaves nothing. If we don't put anything in this, we ain't going to get anything out. So let's get to work. Mm-hmm. Honorary Reverend Dr. Tracy. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that that honorary stuff ends in about five minutes. <laughs> uh, but two, two things come to mind. One is, um, one is the fact that Ernest Holmes said there is no individual good right there's collective good so my final thought is it is the reminder that uh, that within our philosophy as we teach it and within new thought all you know all the denominations of new thought we teach about the individual worth and uh, but we also teach that every individual is contributing to the collective and so so my final thought is we have to look at how we're contributing to the environment and the collective consciousness or culture that allows this kind of polarity. And then number two, the reminder for me, the final thought for me is to encourage everyone to anytime, whether it's this with Dave Chappelle and the predecessors in the recent weeks or anything else to look at when you are getting caught up in the celebrity, the celebrity who's in focus and avoiding the issue mm -hmm. and to stop that. Stop looking at the celebrity or the personality and look at what is the issue or the principle and have conversations with people around the principle that leads you to the vision. All right, it's my turn to say I have nothing more to add. Thank you, Dr. Tracy. Uh, I am going to still add something, folks, of course. I am. Of course. <laughs> but, uh, very well said. Thank you. Uh, I, I want to put them together. You got to be in it to win it. And you, what we've got to be in are the conversations. Yeah. And and I'm going to echo what I, what I heard here today, and that is that all right, I'm speaking just to the white folk now. We got to be in it too. We've got to be willing to have these conversations and we can't be afraid to have these conversations. We can't be led to believe that we're going to be attacked or canceled or anything else for having these conversations. 
we've got to have these conversations from an open heart, from an open mind. So let's get together and chat. Let us know what you think. Minister yeah. Talk at ntmedia.org. Dr. Tracy, thank you so much for being with us. I hope you'll come back. And if you do agree to come back, I promise not to make you an honorary reverend for the for the talk. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right, folks, that's all we've got for today. We're going to get out of here and let you get into the rest of your day. we got a full day of programming here on ntmedia.org. Check out our website, ntmedia.org for all the details and today's upcoming schedule. I'll be back at five with the good news. We've got Pastor Michael at six with the Fireside Chat and our daytime programming, the Joy Show at one o'clock with Rev B. Up earlier is Lindsay Lumbach with Practicing Infinite Possibilities at 10 a.m. Mountain. We love you. We look forward to seeing you again. Until then, we wish you peace and richest blessings. Bye now. And thanks for listening to this week's episode of Ministers Talking We'll be back again next week with more commentary on current affairs, world events, and any other our ministers want to talk about. And if you found value here, please share our with your friends. Until next time, peace and blessings.